0: When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.
1: You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've
2: got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got
3: Ebola vibes dripping from my nose. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. She who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine, it's Lady Diagnosis.
4: Hey, Dr. Steve.
3: And she who won't do anything no matter what I do, it's (laughs) my wife, Tacey. Hello! (laughs) <laughs> this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're in Paris to take to a regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347 who If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-Barenip. Or 754-22-Penis, which is my favorite. Oh, wait. <laughs> Oh, you pulled the old switcheroo on me, Lady Diagnosis. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine at Lady Diagnosis and at DR Scott W M. Visit our website at WeirdMedicine.com or DrSteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at CafePress.com slash Weird Medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything here on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant. Pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, or whatever.
4: Or yeah. health system administrative. Or ooh, Ad- health administrator. system
3: administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very It's good. funny
4: mm-hmm. how people think those people know answers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you do know answers. You know everything. She knows things.
4: Mm-hmm. Don't forget to go to
3: stuff.drsteve.com where you can buy anything. Stuff.drsteve.com helps keep weird medicine riot cast on the air tweakedaudio.com offer code FLUID for 33% off the best earbuds for the money on the market and the best customer service anywhere check out Dr. Scott's uh, website at simplyherbals.net and uh, I'm going to use some of his uh, Simply Herbals uh, uh met, er, well nasal um, spray sinus
4: rinse ooh sinus rinse
3: That's good stuff we'll see if my voice clears up
4: ah that sounds really lovely. Buffered saline. <laughs> it's right. got some
3: uh, uh, peppermint oil in it, mm-hmm. and uh, which is, an anti, I guess, an anti inflammatory at the level of mucous membrane. Yep. At least that's what he claims. But I can tell you it's my favorite. It really works well. Uh, check out blueapron.com/slash medicine uh, for your first three meals free. And uh, if you want to hear um, uh, archives of the show, go to premium.drsteve.com. That's premium.doctorsteve.com for $1.99. You can uh, get uh, archives of all of the shows plus some premium content. And my favorite way to do that is to get the Weird Medicine app from the App Store or Google Play Store. And uh, it's very seamlessly integrated that way. All right? Very good. Okay. Hey, uh, let's take a few phone calls.
2: Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. And
3: that would be the first thing. Uh, on the phone... We have Richard David Smith, who we teased last time. We were having technical difficulties. Couldn't get him on, but he's here now. Uh, Richard David Smith is the uh, owner and uh, proprietor of uh, HyperPhysics. That's Hyper, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, the energy drink for nerds. Richard, thanks for uh, being on the show.
2: Oh, thank you, Dr. Steve.
3: So first off, Um, how's everything going with uh, HyperPhysics these days? Hey, uh, Tacey, oh, really your, well son, your son keeps calling. Would you uh, answer that? Sorry, we're very professional here on the podcast.
4: Your <laughs> son, <laughs> yeah,
3: our son. So anyway, yeah, tell us how things are going with HyperPhysics these days.
2: So yeah, we're going well. We sold at, uh Well, you know, we, we live in Seattle now. We've been selling at Pike Market, um, in some um, local, you know, comic cons and. So, yeah, it's going well up here. We're trying to establish more of a local presence now. Um, And that's kind of where it's it's at right now. Our kids are in school now, so we can actually do things during the day.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, last time we saw your kids, they were really little. So how old are they
2: now? Right now, uh, yeah, my oldest, um, Rex, is six, and youngest, Joe, is four. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it hadn't
3: been that yeah, long. No, I was no, thinking, we, Oh god, maybe they're like nineteen and seventeen. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> It hadn't been that long since you were here. But they were really little no. when you were here. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah, they were. Yeah.
3: So and I uh, can you still get yeah, your, this, you can still get it on Amazon?
2: Yes, yeah, so you can get it on Amazon and um and I have to thank you too. One of your listeners became like one of our actually our best customers. Oh really? Oh good. Good, good. Yeah.
3: Well, I need to uh, order some because uh, we're getting ready to do our marathon drive to Florida. We used to always fly it. I was too lazy to drive. And then one year, the hurricane canceled our flights. And we said, by God, we're going anyway. Uh, So we just got in the car and drove. And it was awesome. But only hyperphysics Mm -hmm. saved me on that one.
1: I was afraid. Yeah, I I remember that. I was afraid he was going to OD on... on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I only did two. But I'll tell you, by the time we got down there, I was like, drive, 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 drive. <laughs> list. I, I got out of the yeah, car. We're going
4: to keep going. I
1: would argue your two was actually five. <laughs> was because it? I remember being really freaked out about how much energy drink you were <laughs> yeah. drinking.
3: Okay, well, maybe. <laughs> but it was... No, it was good. It. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, we... I- I remember when you did that. Yeah, I remember when you took that trip and <laughs> had the drinks.
3: Yeah, anyway. but
2: I, I, you know, I, I need a, I need a good energy drink because I'm not a morning person. Like I just woke up. I mean, it's, it's eleven out here, but I kind of operate on Ron Bennington time. Yeah, I understand.
3: I wish I could. I used to be able to sleep till <laughs> two in the afternoon when I was in college, and now you know, if I sleep to seven thirty, I'm really sleeping late. And uh, but anyway. Yeah, cool man. Well good. Good luck with that venture. We're definitely support you in that and any sort of uh, yeah, thank you. nerd endeavor endeavors we're always in favor of, at least I am anyway. Uh and Tacey married a nerd, so she should be by default supportive. <laughs> so um uh but that's not why you called today, so what's going on? Give us the scoop. Uh, well
2: you know, it's kind of just a, a reminder to for it to everyone to get there. Shot, you know, it's important. Um, you know, this, but you know, um, tell your story why because you me. were
3: not always such a flu shot enthusiast.
2: No, I mean, I, you know, I would get it, but I wasn't like, you know, an advocate. Um, but the reason now that I, you know, I'm that's kind of become my thing is that the flu almost killed me a few years ago, <clears throat> as you know,
3: and well, you know, we uh, exactly, say, oh, you know. You know, I, I took such a giant dump, it almost killed me, and we're speaking um, metaphorically. You're not actually speaking no. metaphorically. It literally almost killed you. What happened?
2: Yeah, right. So it was actually when we were moving across the country, and which is like probably the time you need the vaccine the most, but I, I neglected to get it that year. So we're, we're driving all around the country. We're actually moving to Seattle, and we're driving up the California coast, and suddenly I have problems breathing, like, really, like, you know, I, I needed to open the windows, and it felt like I couldn't get a full breath, no matter what I did, so, and I'm one, I'm like you, you know, once I get going driving, I can do it forever, pretty much, and um, so, of course, you know, I just want to keep trucking along, and then, eventually, I just had to pull over the car, you know, and say, i, I got to rest for a few minutes, I can't, I, I feel horrible, and then that's when uh, my wife, Shatai, who you also know, um, sure. she... She said, you know, it, it's time to get this looked at. You know, you, you're, I have a feeling if you fall asleep, you might not wake up. So we're in Vacaville, California. I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's go to this hospital in Vacaville.
3: Two little kids in the car. Implement. You got all your crap in a car. Right. And your <laughs> yeah. wife is going, I, I'm afraid you're not going to wake up. That had to be terrifying for her.
2: Oh yeah, and then really, she had the worst part of all this. Um, and you're right, yeah. We were moving across the country with. We threw away everything except what we could fit in my '99 Mercury Grand Marquis. I remember. And yeah, you remember. So here, here we are. So we stop at the hospital. I get admitted, and they were kind of a little bit sick too, but not not to my degree. So we um, they took a look at me, and then they took me in to a room. They admitted me, and. Um, they couldn't really figure out what it was. And they were asking me if I was a smoker, which I'm not. And they were asking me all these, you know, they were testing me for everything. They tested me for HIV. Um, uh, the one of the, one of the guys thought it was valley fever because we had just been through the desert. Sure. Um, And so they said, well, you know, we can, we can go into your lungs and look and, you know, actually get a sample out or we can just start giving you antibiotics. Antibiotics. But it might be too late. Right. So, um, I actually had them just go in and get it because I'm just wanted to know what the hell it was, and I kind of had a nervous, ninny doctor. So he, he, um, I think he kind of messed up when he went in there, and so he after you know he's getting the the sample, he he screws up, I think, and I never saw him again after that. (laughs) Wow! Um, So they bring me out, so they bring me out, and I'm on life support suddenly, and and you know my wife sees me and she's you know thinks I'm dead. So oh, she's geez. like, you know, what's going on? And they were like, well, something kind of went wrong. And his oxygen level reached zero, so we had to put him on this the ventilator. Ugh. So, yeah, and so they had me there on the ventilator. They still don't know what's going on. So they, they bring it, they brought in basically their <clears throat> house MD, like resident, you know, genius doctor. Right. Because none of these doctors could figure anything out. And um, so he comes in. They... <clears throat> They take a look at my, you know, they, they see that I have pneumonia, so my lungs are like ravaged from, uh, <clears throat> you know, I guess when you have the flu, you know, the bacteria that are already in your lungs start attacking you, and your immune system's down.
3: Yeah, and you probably so, had diffuse pneumonia instead of, you know, like uh, pneumococcal pneumonia, like sort of what we think of as pneumonia. There's lots of different types of pneumonia, but that was the one that got Jim Henson, usually causes a lobar pneumonia. In other words, it'll be in one section of the lung, one of the lobes of the lung. I'm assuming yours was patchy and all over the place, so-called atypical pneumonia, which is why they checked you for HIV.
2: But anyway, go on. Oh, okay. So that's why they did that. Yeah, I was wondering why they tested me for HIV. Um, So yeah, so they, you know, and then so when all is said and done, they find out that I had the flu. That's what I had. That's what knocked me on my ass. And I and I was like, you know, and then they started treating me, you know, they had me there. They started treating me for, for the pneumonia. So they started pumping me with like every antibiotic. And eventually I came back. So that, that's pretty much the story there. But what time um, of year was this? This was, I'm going to say, m- late March, early April.
3: Yeah, so it was at the end of the influenza season, what we would normally yeah. think of as being influenza season. And uh, right. it passed through the valley, so they thought, you know, they're thinking all these zebras. This is the problem.
4: So if it had been January, they might have started with
3: this. Maybe. Uh, so how did they figure out it was influenza? They did a flu- uh, influenza test? <laughs>
2: yeah I'm, I'm assuming that's what they did and i didn't i didn't realize it was so hard to diagnose maybe it isn't for, it's the
3: easiest thing in the world to diagnose not. but you got to think of it so
2: i guess right maybe, i guess just nobody thought of it because of the severity but until you know until a few days after i was in there so yeah yeah that's how they finally got it and, you know it took a while i was in there for like a week just getting pumped with antibiotics and um
3: so and the reason I use the zebra metaphor is people, you know, if you're in a field in Tennessee or in Seattle and uh, you hear the clip-clop of hoof beats behind you, when you turn around, you're going to assume you're going to see a horse, not a zebra, right? Right. So, the, you know, right. that's the same in medicine. When you see these syndromes. We really should be thinking, we need to keep the zebras in the back of our mind because, you know, maybe a zoo, there's a zoo nearby and something got loose or somebody was keeping exotic animals. But you got to not forget about the horses. And uh, in your case, you know, it was the end uh, of the, what you would have thought would be the influenza season because it's already spring out there in California. Nobody's thinking influenza. You just passed through the valley, and they thought you had valley fever, which is a zebra in this case, although the, uh, the symptoms can be similar. Valley fever is a fungal infection caused by um, uh, cocidoides coxo- uh, Coccidiodes, coccidiosis yeah. <laughs> and that's uh co- it causes coccidio mycosis that one i can say the actual uh, the um the the organism itself a little harder to say but coccidio mycosis and it causes fever cough chest pain chills night sweats headache fatigue joint aches and a but it normally a red spotty rash as well and um so, you know, they, they were wondering if that's what possibly you had, uh, but the, yeah, they, yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh yeah. They did. They were checking me for for rations.
3: Yeah. Coccidioides. That's, you know, it's been a long time since medical school. I haven't had to say that word since, <laughs> <laughs> since infectious disease rotation, but anyway, uh, yeah. So they're looking for all that stuff and, uh, but what you really had was influenza. So now um, right
2: when I, I think I, I think a lot more a lot of people think they have the flu they just have the norovirus they don't really have the flu because um, <clears throat> when you really go through the flu, i mean it really it's i mean it kicks your ass,
3: yeah well and it can be a mild syndrome for some people, you know um even the uh Spanish flu epidemic of nineteen eighteen Uh, It infected anywhere between 10 and 30% of the world's population. 1% of the world's population died from it. But that still means 99% of the world's population did not die from it. And the majority of people didn't get it. And the majority of people who got it didn't die and didn't even come close. But, you know, these days, uh, uh, thank, thank goodness for ventilators and Tamiflu and stuff like that that we think that an influenza pandemic like the 1918 uh, flu epidemic probably wouldn't be as devastating because we would at least have the ability to support people on the ventilator like they did with you. They didn't really, particularly the antibiotics, didn't do anything to cure you. What they did was they put your body in a position where it could ride out the infection, let the immune system kill the virus and clean up the mess. So they were able to support your breathing with the ventilator and other medications and interventions that they did until your body just got better, you know. Because, um, you know, I tell people, yeah. we, we don't heal anybody in medicine. We just put the body in a position where it can heal itself. So, which now Again, I su- sound like Dr. Scott. That's but, right. But just it really is. Out. Out. You all
4: know, the guy's like well, twins. Twinkies.
2: twins, and. As as you know, I went into um, vaccine research after that as a as my day job. <laughs> um, and, you know, because know thy enemy, I think is the best. <laughs> you know, especially when something almost kills you. You know, it's like suddenly you become yep. very interested in that thing, whatever it is. You know, um, if a grizzly bear took a swipe at you, you'd be obsessed with grizzlies for the rest. Sure, of your
3: life. sure. So what what have you learned so, in your in your job that you might not have known before? <laughs> and is there anything? new coming down the pike that you guys are uh, talking about at work that maybe we don't know about?
2: Um, they're working mainly, they, they kind of want a one, a one size fits all vaccines is kind of what, you know, mosaic vaccines yep. is one of the big Give things that they're wheel. working on. Um, and I, in my particular job, I don't work with, um, with the flu virus. We do work with um, HIV Ebola and malaria. Um, Damn, they you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know those those particular ones are you know ravage countries like uh, Africa and. Um, sure, so we're doing a, a lot of research in, in that, and we have satellite labs now all over the country, and we're really sort of still in the data collecting process of what we're doing. As as you know, it takes years of of data collection and analysis and. But the uh, technology is getting great to the point where you can analyze things at an extremely fast rate. Um, And so you can go through a bunch of uh, tests, you know, very quick, uh, much quicker than you could, you know, exponentially it's increasing. So I think that's where the real breakthroughs will come. Um, Well,
3: people don't remember polio. I remember polio. You know, um, I had a kid in my class, my kindergarten class, died from measles. Had three or four people in in my school that were in wheelchairs because of polio. Nobody remembers any of this stuff, you know. The vaccine, yeah. you know, the vaccine researchers really are sort of unsung heroes, and they get dumped on so bad. But you know, by this anti-vaccination movement too. And oh, yeah,
2: the um, yeah, the anti-vax movement is is you know stronger than it's ever been. And um, I always wonder, like, even if if you're a natural, if you're a naturalist, right? Why would you know there's almost nothing more natural than a vaccine it's getting your own body to fight the disease you know so I don't understand why they and then if you thought all of these doctors all across the country were evil scientists who were injecting you with things that knowingly give you you know autism, then why would you ever go to the doctor to begin with yeah
3: yeah the uh you know uh, people who are into homeopathy should love vaccines Mm -hmm. they tend to be the anti-vaxxers but there is what you know homeopathy says well you know like uh prevents like Like, and they'll use very small amounts of a toxic substance that maybe causes abdominal pain to treat abdominal pain well what's What's more homeopathic in in that regard except this has data behind it that shows that it works to take a small amount of a virus or a nice. piece of a virus and you know uh, inoculate yourself with it to prevent
2: that disease come on right use your own logic <laughs> I said right I said <laughs> that in one of our conferences and the guy was like, you know I never thought of that, but that's that's true. <laughs> um, it's a good way to, you know, talk, talk to an anti-vaxxer rather than just calling them an idiot, you know. Right, right, right. No, um, yeah, calling them an idiot, right. they
3: just dig in their heels. There's no question about that.
2: Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's very important. That, you know, everybody should get the uh, the vaccine, and, you know. It's just, I can't emphasize that part enough.
3: Yeah, and it won't stop you 100% from getting influenza, uh, it's all about in- right, mitigating more- risk. The one year I got influenza, I'd gotten exposed to the flu mist and influenza vaccine, and you know the quadrivalent vaccine, uh, you know the aka the flu shot. And uh, you know I w- went to a meeting and I was coughing and sneezing all over everywhere. It was in, it was in October. It's when I normally get allergies, and I just said, "Ah, don't worry, everybody, it's just allergies." The next day I woke up and I asked Tacey to. Uh, Uh, check my temperature because I felt horrible and I was shivering and she got out the thermometer for the kids and my temp was 105. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're my age and your temp is 105, you start crapping yourself because I really was thinking, you know, I'm going to end up on the ventilator like Richard. Maybe I'm, I'm a lot older than he is. Maybe I won't survive. And, uh, but because I'd had the uh, flu, I'm convinced that because I'd had the flu vaccine, it, uh, I sailed right through it. All I had to do was sit for a week because they wouldn't let me come back to work and I watched uh c w uh d c shows. I got caught up on four seasons of arrow <laughs> well hell, we did we did a show that damn day. You're like, oh no, I think it's just a damn
4: oh really, yeah,
3: hell, yeah, you were sicker than shit oh. well, I didn't remember that, yeah. yeah, did I make you go get Tamiflu or Relenza? yeah. No. Uh, um, yeah, I did. I remember now. I think maybe so, yeah. Because I called in Tamiflu for everybody that was at yeah, the yeah, meeting yeah, that right, wanted that's right. it. That's right. And then anybody I was exposed to. I, uh, Tamiflu, yep. that makes Tacey throw up, right?
1: Spontaneously vomit. So
3: wow. we switched to Relenza. Now, if you can get Relenza, I like it better than Tamiflu.
1: It's hard to get, though.
3: It is hard to get, and these pharmacists need to stock it. Uh, Relenza is an inhaled version of the anti-influenza medication and you get this little inhaler and you just inhale it. You can't, it it doesn't go to your GI tract so you don't get sick to your stomach. And, uh, for my kids at that time, they weren't, you know, taking big pills. Uh, the Relenza was awesome. So I'm a big fan of it. But anyway, I think that one's been underappreciated.
0: download the free angie mobile app today or visit angie dot com that's a n g i dot com and the antivirals are getting uh much better
2: these days um we have some on hand and you know if you can use them it's like twenty four to forty eight hours if you you know if you get a virus to prevent it huh um and then and then there's uh the prep you've heard of that right
3: yeah prep yes
2: of course yeah for h i v yeah th- yeah that's an amazing one that like i I didn't know about before I worked there and, but you know, everybody who's sexually active should, should know about it.
3: Yeah. Um, if you're at high risk, um, prep is at high risk of, uh, getting HIV. Prep is an awesome, awesome drug. It's a daily pill for really people is. who don't ha- have HIV and want added protection. And, uh, it's mostly covered by, um, by insurance as well. It's, um, yeah. Reduces the risk of getting HIV from sex by more than ninety percent, and among people who inject drugs, it reduces the risk of getting HIV by more than seventy percent. So it's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. So anyway, Yeah, it is, right. and that's stuff, that, that's stuff that people just don't, uh, you know, didn't seem to know about. So we kind of spread that information in the community. And another big thing we study is non-progressors. I'm sure you know this, of this too, but you know, it's people that have. HIV. Oh yes. But it's almost like, yeah, but their, their body is showing like, you know, it's, it's not progressing at all. How the, many of those so, folks
3: are there? There was at one time, there were only one or two that we knew about. And then I guess there are a lot more now that we're, that we're following.
2: Yeah. There was one, there was one case of a guy who completely eradicated. became cured of, of HIV. Yeah. Um, but these, this isn't him that this is, these are people that, that have it, you know, but it's, but it's not progressing. There's actually more than well. I'm, I'm, there's not many at all. It seems like a lot to me because <laughs> I'm in the lab and I, I see the yeah things yeah coming yeah. In, you but, see them. Yeah, but but yeah, they're, they're actually pretty rare. You know, so we study the hell out of those those people. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's how you basically discover things is by testing a bunch of people's immune responses and um, and trying to find out the and, common. Trying to isolate, yeah, what
3: it is. My immunology professor said, you know, the person that uh, first sequenced, you know, in other words, figured out the amino acid um, sequence for uh, the immunoglobulins, for example, you know, in the body, uh, these are weird sort of uh, Y-shaped molecules. He said the first person that did that didn't know anything. It was the second person that did it knew everything because then you could see which things were exactly the same and which ones were different uh, from uh, molecule to molecule. And that's how they figured out where the active sites on immunoglobulins are, and how they actually work. How do they attach to antigens, and then what do they do once they do that? I mean, it's fascinating. And science is kind of this stepwise approach. You got to do the first thing, and you got to put one foot in front of the other until uh, you know you get as much data as you need to make some some conclusion. So it is fascinating.
2: But anyway. Yeah, and it. Well, yeah, that's. Um... Oh, go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say, we really are looking forward to getting a single vaccine, one size fits all for influenza. Once we get that, you get one flu shot and maybe a booster, and uh, you'll never have to worry about influenza the rest of your life. So that's a good one. So, uh, you know, hopefully – and it'll work as well as measles vaccine and all those. You know, it's – the, the rate of people that get measles in that have been vaccinated for measles is vanishingly small. I don't think I've ever seen a single case of tetanus in any person that's ever gotten the tetanus vaccine. So that's something. So, um, yeah,
2: do you think that, do you think that any doctor has done more harm in modern times than Andrew Wakefield?
3: Well, I, I don't know. I mean, i mean i I'm whole dude I, I don't even want to comment on that. It's just get 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 your damn vaccines, vaccine science as well. You know, there's no question that there are downsides to vaccines, bad things can happen, but you know, uh, right. we wear our seatbelt Not because we expect to get in a wreck, but just in case we do get in a wreck. And we know that the risk of wearing the seatbelt, which is about one in a million people, will be harmed by wearing a seatbelt in a collision, is far outweighed by um, the number of people who are saved or prevented from harm from wearing a seatbelt, which is probably one in two. So – you know, uh, yeah. There is there risk to wearing your seatbelt. Yes, but it's vanishingly small and is far far outweighed by the benefit of wearing it. And that's the same way with vaccines. You know. So. Uh, one
2: last one last thing I want. Oh, yeah, man. One last thing I wanted to say was uh, there's a doctor named, um, actually I don't know if he's a doctor. There's a man named Trevor Bedford at um, and he has these he's created like these cool maps where you can see how you can kind of track the flu as it he set up he created these models and i don't know how he did it people a lot smarter than me work with me but he um you can actually track like the mutation and the global migration of of the virus so yeah so i mean if anyone's interested in that kind of thing you know it's like a real time tracker
3: well how, how would they find that
2: uh trevor just google trevor bedford B-E-D-F-O-R-D okay. um, and then put influenza and it'll it'll be like the first thing that pops up.
3: Alright, we'll do it. So Richard David Smith founder of hyperphysics with his wife Shittai, uh says get your damn flu shot. Get
1: your damn flu shot. Just do yeah. it. Don't be an asshole.
4: <laughs>
2: right. You can do it. And, uh, and I just got my stupid uh, I just got my stupid nuts checked last week. Awesome.
3: Well there you go. <laughs> So <laughs> quit smoking, get your stupid nuts checked, get some exercise <laughs> it's uh good advice for everyone, yes, all right, all right, hey, take all care right, man i'm glad I'm really glad you thank survived you. influenza, and uh it's always we need to have you on every year uh because then it's not just me saying it, it's somebody who's been through right. it who knows that's saying it
1: and even if it doesn't hurt you very bad, if you get the flu, say you visit your nana. Before you know you have it, then she gets it, and then it kills her. Get your damn flu shot. Yeah,
2: yeah. Good point. No, that that's what she what she said was really important. Yeah, that's you know where we work in the cancer research center because we actually treat patients. Also, Um, you know the workers there have to get the flu shot because if you come in there and give someone who's vulnerable, like she said, um, then it's even more catastrophic. So you know, yeah, if you're if you're even visiting someone who you think could be compromised.
3: We yeah. get, you know, get fired if we don't get our flu <laughs> yeah. shot by a certain time of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you will actually get, mm-hmm. you'll lose your job. And there isn't any, you know, uh, any kind of exceptions for that.
1: Yeah, it's not uh, just about you and whether you want a shot or not.
3: Yeah. They even say if that's you're allergic point. to eggs that you can probably get it. And to talk to your health care provider about that. But uh, the CDC right. says that that's overblown. But anyway, all right. Hey, take it easy, man. Thanks so much. Give our uh, best to your lovely wife and your kids and uh hope we'll uh, see you in person one of these days.
2: Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Steve. Okay man. I'll nice see
3: talking you. to you. Okay, you too. What a good guy.
4: Good feeler. How do you know it's the flu? I mean if I was getting my electric worked on the other night yep. and my electrician, he was fine when he got there. All of a sudden he starts sweating. Then he says, mm, "I don't feel very good." He yeah. says, "I'm going to step outside." And before he could get from where he was in the middle of my house, which is ten feet from the door, he ran in the bathroom, which was two feet from him, Puked. and vomited oh, for ten God. minutes. Oh God, stomach flu! Ooh. Stomach flu. So he was fine when he got there. When was this? Wednesday. Oh, great! Oh, if you brought get out! Puke bug in get here! Get out! Ugh. It couldn't be the flu to hit that fast. Was it food poisoning? You think, or would it? Well, be it could the flu? be just a puke bug. Yeah. yeah. But oh. you the flu no, hit that quick?
3: You can, Yeah, well, yeah, but you can get nausea and vomiting from influenza as well.
4: Hmm. It was shocking how quickly it hit him. Yeah. When I got it last year, the flu. Can you like,
3: imagine being in somebody else's house oh and you're God. just in their bathroom puking <laughs> can, for 10 minutes?
1: <laughs> I was on a plane and this girl next to me was going, <laughs> <laughs> and she wasn't covering oh her Lord. mouth. And I was like, fuck. Mm. And I was just stuck there breathing her. <laughs> And then three days later, got mm, sick. Got sick. And that's um.
3: Well, moving on. Hey guys, it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. And you may think it makes you look casual, but more than likely, it just ends up looking sloppy. That's why Untuck it makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. A casual shirt that's not too long and not too short. It's just right. Shirts designed so well, GQ calls them perfection. They're a go-to for any uh, occasion from casual to dressy. And not only do they look good, they feel great. And uh, my wife and I can attest to this. She bought me one, and then I bought three more.
1: Very handsome.
3: They're awesome because you don't like it when I tuck my shirts in because then I look like a a nerd.
1: Well, some shirts need to be tucked. Beach shirts don't need... Not so much. Yeah. Hawaiian shirts, yeah.
3: Right. Well, see, I learn things. She teaches
1: me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and
3: You know, Tace, if you're a woman, uh, and I guess you are, Might be. wishing you can have one of these shirts, well, Untuck It now makes shirts for women, too. Ooh. Shirts for her that are casual, versatile, and designed to last. Log on to Untuck It.com and check out all the new arrivals. Use the promo code MEDICINE for 20% off your entire purchase you can also visit one of Untucket's over 25 retail locations across the country. Stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Untucket.com, your solution to perfecting casual attire. Use promo code MEDICINE for 20% savings for first-time customers. That's Untucket.com, promo code MEDICINE.
1: I'm going to have to check the woman's out because that sounds really nice. Yep.
3: Yeah, we'll do it. All right, very good. Um, where are we? Oh, we're about 35 in. Let's do one more phone call.
2: Dr. Steve, this is Jack from Wilmington, North Carolina. Hey, Jack. Yes, right where Florence came through. And we did, we were very lucky. Inconvenience. Five days, no electricity, bunch of trees down. My question for you is, what what is a good way... For people that um, are going to like ride out a big storm, even though they're told they should leave, what kind? Yeah, don't do it. Leave.
3: Just leave. Leave.
2: Yeah. <laughs> My friend
3: John, who I go to Moogfest Fest with, he just wrote it out, and it's like, dude.
4: But then they get stuck, and we have to go get them. Well,
3: sometimes, yeah. He didn't. He he was in. A, he was far enough inland and up on a hill that he thought that he wasn't going to get flooded out, and he didn't. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, but that does happen. There are people that that happens to.
2: Like, small medical emergency packs, should they have? Like, how do you treat say a burn um, if you don't have any ice? If you don't have access to, like, running water? What's, uh, What's a good kit to put together? Cuts, scrapes, uh, things of that nature.
3: Okay.
4: A no power so, storm kit.
3: Yeah. So here's the thing: are, are you talking a go bag or are you talking a survival?
1: Sounds like survival. He
3: wants to stay, and he that's ain't going different.
1: Nowhere. Like a first date. Yeah, so maybe. What,
3: the first look, you have to have fresh water. You mm-hmm. can't once the the reservoirs are topped over with flood water, they it becomes un, tap water is unsafe. So what I have. um considered doing in the past was getting those, uh, you know, like the Culligan water thing and just get just always stay two or three of those ahead. Sure. So you've got those big giant five-gallon things. It's purified water. It doesn't go bad. And you can just stack those up and you can have fresh water. That's important. Um, you want some way to uh, be able to communicate. We have a little TV that's battery powered. Uh, the, the new digital TVs, as long as they're transmitting, it's, you know, it's 780p and uh, t- runs off of four double A's. So you want electronic, you need lights. Um, uh, I think oil lights were, those were the key back in the day. But now with these fluorescent things, mm-hmm. I bought these little um, lights that run off of two double A's mm-hmm. and they have LEDs in them and they're flat and you open them up. And, and um, they give off all kinds of light. Yes. They're flat and they just look like books, and you open it up and then the thing emits light. If people are interested, I could stick those on uh, on uh, weirdmedicine.com. Uh, clothes, medications, uh, and then, you know, if you're going to hang out, you need non perishable food supplies.
1: What about burns?
3: Yeah, burn. Okay, so.
1: If you don't have ice.
3: Well, you don't need. Uh, Necessarily, you know, ice necessarily to to burn, ice yeah. to treat a burn. Uh, what you do need are bandages and you know anti- antimicrobial ointments and stuff like that, and things that you can clean it with. Cleaning is the big clean thing. Water, yeah. so the fresh water, and then just get a really nice uh, first aid kit. Yep. They dig-ins. say you can buy them just all kinds of places. Just get a big one that's got tons of gauze and and uh, uh, mints and all that kind of stuff in it, and then uh, cash. You know, make sure you got some cash, uh, and I have a few silver coins in case gold. In case silver, it's be- yeah. in case you know all society breaks down, and I've got to bribe my way through a checkpoint, and uh, paper money's no good. I've got some of those because I'm a little bit of a nut. So I'm a catastrophist. I think of everything, <laughs> but non-perishable food, drink, uh, uh, batteries. The generator will get you so far if you're going to have a generator and you just you you have to have power in your house. Mm-hmm. Then you know obviously you need gas and all that stuff to go
1: with I it. I think one year for then you Christmas, become a target though. He got me um, a big bucket. Oh, I got had, you. Yeah, that had a bunch of stuff in it, but the bucket could also be used as a toilet. Right.
3: It, it had a toilet seat in it. I think. Yes. That you well you would empty all the the things out of it, and then you could put the seat on there, and then you could shit and piss into this thing.
1: It was so romantic.
3: <laughs> well, it was a, that was your gag gift that year, but you but had said you wanted it. something. We yeah, still yeah. have it. I yeah, think. We have two of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have one of those, where are you going to poop? That's right. You've Got to have a place to poop.
3: You going to be an animal, or are you going to yeah. poop in a bucket yeah. like a normal human being? Shit in a bucket. Now, uh, your old buddy uh, Jim Baker is selling uh, food buckets for the apocalypse on his thing that's his thing now he's selling food buckets and I'm not they're crazy expensive and I'm not eating food out of a bucket Mm
4: -hmm. I'd eat Chef Boyardee yeah there you go that stuff can never go bad I know and Twinkies (laughs) so
1: yummy (laughs) Twinkies
3: (laughs) (laughs) lady diagnosis would just be loving it (laughs) Loving the apocalypse, you'll have an uh, uh, apple su- su- supply of white wine, mm-hmm. Chef Boyardee, and Twinkie. No,
4: red and wine, because you don't have to keep it cold. You've oh, gotta have, you got to have alcohol. Yeah. You've got to be thinking ahead.
1: I mean, imagine what his five days was like without any alcohol. <sighs> You're horrible. Who Not, said he didn't? Can't do any. I, I mean, but imagine uh, what if he ooh, didn't have it. Who?
4: I mean, what like, else is there? This can't guy? Who? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't watch well, my TV. friend John
3: doesn't drink, so. Hmm. So he was fine, mm. but his cell phone kept working. He was sending us pictures the oh, whole time. God. That's a different. This where we live in a different age.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Your um, voice
4: sounds better, by the way. Do you think so? Mm-hmm.
3: Isn't that something
4: amazing? That's crazy. Dr.
0: Steve, I started this new diet. Well, it's not really a diet. It's um, it's a ratio eighteen six, where you fast for eighteen hours out of the day, and you eat between. Um, I, I chose ten a.m. to four p.m eat all my meals, and then I'll have, like, um, chicken broth in the evening. But anyway, my scale says that I've lost uh, 2% body fat already just in a, a couple of weeks. And I'm wondering, and I've noticed a difference, but how really?
2: does
0: my body expel the fat? Is it, uh, is it just through, is it sweating or is it through urine? I'm drinking a lot of water. Um, I haven't really noticed. Uh, I think my, my bowel movements are a lot better. Um, it's probably from eating a little bit less
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good question. He's asking how does the body get rid of these fat cells? If he's losing weight, where are the fat cells going? And it's, um, you're not pissing out fat. Okay. It's not like the body goes, oh, we don't need this anymore. And now you void it through. Because if you did, then you would see globs of oil on the surface of the. Bowl. Same thing with defecation. You're not defecating out the fat unless you're malabsorbing. Mm-hmm. And then you would see oil on the surface, but you're not seeing that. So where does it go? Well, you're just using them up. You know, when you eat fewer calories than you um, are burning, you got to burn something. And when you uh, exhaust your supply of carbohydrates in the body, which is in the form of glycogen, uh, you will then uh, start eating up fat. That's what's there for. It's you're storing energy. And uh, those cells get smaller and smaller. Some of them may even die. But they just basically get smaller and fewer. And then uh, that's the end of it. You use them up. So that's all. Hmm. There you go. That's there what happens go. to fat in your body when you hmm. get thinner. What were you going to say, Tase?
1: Get your flu shot. Very good. <laughs> Don't be an asshole.
3: Thanks always go to Dr. Scott. Lady Diagnosis, Tacey, the delightful Tacey, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, whose early support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, On Demand, and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemails and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.